Hello and welcome to episode 127 of the Parapod. You're here with your hosts. As per usual, myself, Mark, and Owen over here. Himself. Himself, himself. himself. The man himself, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, we're back again, uh, episode 127. Our recommended film for this episode will be The Hour of the Wolf, or just Hour of the Wolf, I'm not sure. Um, if there's a D in there or not, it's a uh, Ingmar Bergman. It's Bergman, so there's definitely no D. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just it's just just pure subject. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Ingmar Bergman's uh, nineteen something, nineteen sixties film. Uh, it's like a horror film kind of thing, and it's kind of it's kind of more than that, you know. If you've watched Persona, which we covered before, um, or like he did Seven Seal as well, didn't he? He did. Very abstract. Very. Very tall Swedish men, you know, being involved in themselves, um, and there's a lot. It's 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 horrifying, but it's also not just spooky, scary time, you know. Mm. So we'll talk about that when we get to it. Uh, but yeah, how you been, on? I have been pretty good. I've been broke as fuck, <laughs> but pretty good. <laughs> Tell you what, this minimum wage life ain't good. <laughs> uh. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it, it is it's hard out there. It's hard out there. How how are you getting by? What any any s- tips for saving, for scrimping, for budgeting? Uh, walk everywhere. Don't get the bus because then you eventually have to top up your leap card. <laughs> eventually. Uh, <laughs> um, don't buy lunch as much as possible. Mm. Make it be- the night before. Yeah, definitely. Um, and cancel subscription services that you don't need. Yeah, like. Your gym, your Netflix, your Disney, your all that, all that stuff. Yep, I'm canceling my Disney. Um, but I also I have a gym membership now that I don't use, so maybe I should get rid of that as well. The yeah, I'm kind of the I don't know, kind of debating the Disney Plus. I'm like, I haven't, I honestly, I haven't watched it in. I think I used it to watch one of the films that we 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 had we listed. Yeah, a few episodes ago, but that was the last time I used it. Like I don't use it at all. I used to use it constantly to watch The Simpsons. I'd fall asleep to The Simpsons in the background. I don't do that anymore because I watched it too many times and now it's not as funny. So I have to wait a year, at least a year, before I can watch it again. You know that the new season of The Simpsons is meant to be pretty good? Are they? Yeah, like it's meant to be like seasons 33 and 34 or 32 and 33. Whichever the newest ones are, mm. are meant to be like a step up from, it, the, from the pits. That's not hard, though, is it? The general internet audience has said that. Okay. Mm. The general internet audience. Maybe because I know Futurama actually did kind of revive itself. You know? I think Futurama's revived itself like eight times, though. It had, but like as in when it came back and it revived the first time, it was actually good. Mm. It was worth watching. And I enjoyed watching it. And like it wasn't as good as the, the heights of season two or whatever, or season three, but it was still good and still well worth the watch. Mm. I can't see the Simpsons doing that but I could see maybe how it might be worth watching um, maybe I'll, I'll have a look at that before I cancel my subscription uh, but yeah yeah cause like, I didn't know that yeah I've been that's why I also don't want to cancel my Disney Plus because I'm like every so often I'm like I'm gonna watch an episode of The Simpsons yeah like yeah. I'm really like you know I'm really slow to get through TV shows yeah. I am really slowly getting through The Simpsons what do you mean like the whole series yeah I'm on season two <laughs> <laughs> been at it for years I started watching this I was like I'm gonna watch all the Simpsons when I first got Disney Plus what was that whenever the fucking it started like three or four years like ago three years ago 
Yeah. That is dire. Yeah. That is dire. Just because just it's so bingeable. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say The Simpsons is... I, I think the problem is that I'm not at, like, peak Simpsons. I'm at, like, really mm. old Simpsons. You're at social drama, kitchen sink Simpsons. Yeah, man. Fuck, it's so weird watching yeah. The Simpsons when it's, it's like that. It's pretty intense. Yeah, like, there's, like, really heightened drama. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, social issues being tackled. Um, I know that, like, season, like, season six to eight, like, the peak of Simpsons. Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. Like, they're, like even when I'm watching it now, I'm like, I haven't seen some of these episodes, but I know these episodes. Yeah, just from references and stuff. Like, season two, when Lisa has, like, a substitute teacher that she really loves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's like, his name, Mr. something or other, yeah. Goldstein or something like that. And he's like Tom Jones. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, like, I'm just watching, like, I've never seen this episode, but I know this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really funny. Uh-huh. Um, just from just, like, just... The history of Simpsons is just like just known. <laughs> yeah, it's just part of the atmosphere, the cultural atmosphere. Yeah, it's know? fucking. It's so weird to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it is. It's way more like kitchen sink social drama. Yeah, weirdly enough, like it's not. Like, there is wackiness, but the wackiness is like in contrast to the like drama that's gone on like the last episode i watched was the second last episode of season two so much you need on season three um and it's the episode where marriage and homer throw a party and homer gets too drunk and he makes a show of him and marriage and embarrasses them Mm. so then they go off to uh marriage counseling essentially and homer when he's there knows that there's like a really big fish in the lake yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes off to get that. Uh-huh. And that's really wacky, but like that's in contrast to the actual like marriage being like our relationship is on the rocks because you don't care. Uh-huh. You only care about yourself. And the fish, his the Moby Dick reference. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, chasing yeah. that is his selfishness want want and he fights against that. Uh-huh. It's it's so weird to watch it. It's a lot, yeah. It's a lot heavier. Like even the episode. I don't know if it's season two. It might be season three, maybe or even four. But where when he's like, uh, he has that that kind of tension with Mindy in the nuclear power plant. Yeah, and so that's yeah. a very like the whole episode is about him being really conflicted. Uh, and marriage is a similar episode with uh, where she storms off and has like a kind of weird sexual tension with this French guy in a bowling alley. Yeah. Well, the whole thing is, is like a... Marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not about... It's like, oh, it's so crazy what these characters are getting up to. It's like it's like, it's like a... It's like a deep kind of... Uh, oh, their, their, their relationship is on the rocks, but they must they must weather the storm mm. and realize who they must truly fight be Fight temptation. Yeah, fight yeah. their lust. It's like a real like moral... like uh, Bedrock. Like, yeah, bedrock to, to all those stories. Yeah. it's it's Which is so different to... Once you get past season three or four yeah like early simpsons is really like that it's like every stage of simpsons has something and then except once you get to season 15 and on then there's nothing there's yeah, nothing redeemable like, I, I was watching a fucking hour-long youtube video about the simpsons and it was like um just talking about like how after a certain stage the simpsons starts just becoming really self-referential to yeah. its glory days mm. like there's an episode where like Mar- or homer sends lisa the gif of him disappearing into the hedge. Really? That happens in an episode. That is... I did not know that. Uh, I, that wish, is, I wish I didn't know that. Yeah, I have to tell you. Like, that is the absolute fucking pits that The Simpsons gets to wow. in terms of, like, self-referentialness. Wow. He sends her a meme, which of doesn't himself. make... 
any sense in terms of The Simpsons. That makes zero sense whatsoever. Yeah. As soon as they got phones, and they called them like Maple and iPods. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh, that's fucking hilarious. Wow. Yeah, as soon as you The know? Simpsons get phones, it's just it's downhill like, it's from just, there. It's unwatchable. Like, I haven't seen them all now, because just, they're just so bad, I just stopped. But when they used to come on Sky and stuff, um, it was just the famous uh, Lady Gaga guest star episode, which is just irredeemable dog shit it's one of the worst I, things I've ever I've seen I've never seen it's that it's so 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 bad it's just an ad for Lady Gaga yeah uh, there's a lot of episodes like that in the, in the like the newer it's not even new now it's probably like 10 15 years old yeah, that's the thing that's how that's long old Simpsons, that's, yeah. that, like, that's how long Simpsons has been bad yeah yeah it's been bad longer than it was good which is such a shame but I, I might have to check out the new ones or at least cherry pick ones that are kind of like widely regarded as being okay maybe mm. I'd have a look at them but I just, I just, it's like painful to go back and watch anything past season fifteen. Yeah, it's physically painful. So what the hell is happening here? It's just a disgrace. And even like, yeah, because you know the way that I present, like classic Simpsons, you just know, you know, you just know. Even if I haven't seen them, you just know mm. there's so much Simpsons from New Simpsons that it's like no idea, no idea what goes on in those episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're not, they don't stick. None, none of it sticks. Um culturally you know all, like all the memes all the gifs all the all the references and the catchphrases it's all from the first 10 seasons mm. all of it yeah you know um it's the same with like like all the spongebob yeah well. yeah like no, yeah, very, spongebob had a very similar downfall yeah barely any of them are from actually out like after the the movie same with the simpsons mm. it's the movie it's always the movie man think the about movie. it yeah don't make things after a movie yeah, they fucking blew their water. Movies movie. ruin everything. Yeah, don't watch, <laughs> don't watch movies because they ruin everything. They ruin TV. They really do. Do they ruin video games though? That that's actually that's a great question. Like, will Five Nights at Freddy's ever be the same after the Five Nights at Freddy's movie? It Who depends knows? how good the movie was. Um, like. Need I say more? <laughs> I think it's it's not good. It's like I don't know, like the funny. Okay, right. So Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, I feel like everybody listening to this podcast probably knows what Five Nights at Freddy's is. Um, like that's that really took the internet by storm. Mm, that was big. Like I kind of forget, not even forget, but like don't recognize like how massive five nights at freddy's was mm. like that is like pure internet fandom yeah it's just quite, like it's part of the lore yeah part just of the like lore. And that's, i don't even know what caused the lore i think genuinely like you know the game theory youtube video game no. youtube videos he's a youtuber i think he had a lot to do to because it's like here's this you know like yeah fucking uh video game and uh, it gets really popular so there's a second one and there's like some vague lore in the two of them and from that fan theories can just go wild yeah, yeah. and it allows fans to like come up and like really read into things and especially when like it's youtube most of the people watching those videos or like engaging that sort of content were young people le- basically young people learning how to read into media yeah yeah in a way and like like um what's the word i'm looking for like reference not reference but like not even read subtext i don't interact know. not interact like re- it's an or word i'm looking for okay. oh. 
refrain, but it's not refrain. I don't know. They're able to like read into the media basically and uh-huh. understand and make connections between bits in the story and stuff like that. Um and allows them to like, you know, really engage with the text. Um, with the text. And also, you know, theories and stuff like that. Like it just go and like also like the characters are really iconic. Um it's a fucking great fucking idea, like evil animatronics. It's great. Like, it we, is a great idea. We talked about fucking um Willy's Wonderland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year. A long, lo- was, long time ago. That film was ass. <laughs> but my God, like, the hype for that movie. I had so much hype for that movie. Because, like, Nick Cage fighting evil animatronics. What could go wrong? Wow. That movie it shows, like, well, this is how it could go wrong. Uh, you just make a shit movie that's not good, really, at all. Uh-huh. Um, and squanders the potential that it has. Um, so, like, we're going into Five Nights at Freddy's. But my expectations... We're nowhere near as high as Willy's Wonderland. Yeah, <laughs> understandably, understandably so, <laughs> because like there's no f- there's no way that the Final Fantasy Freddy's movie is going to be really good. There's there's actually no no way no there way was, it was impossible. Literally, was, it's it was, a, was not going to happen. At any it's point. a video game adaptation. And it's Five Nights at Freddy's. Like, there's just no way that it's going to work. I had YouTuber uh, guest stars kind of, like, <sighs> announced in, like, in lieu of, of, of yeah. uh, release. The Game Theory guy, Matt Pat, he's in it for one scene. Uh-huh. And he says, because like, one of his lines, his like, famous line is like, and that's just a theory, a game theory. And he says something along those lines in the movie. He says something like, oh, do you know this, whatever. And that's just a theory. And he just walks away and he's like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> but... <laughs> So, like, in terms of, like, being a movie, mm. it is not a very good movie. It's not the worst thing. It's better than Willy's Wonderland. It's better really? than, like, it's it's better than a lot of films that you would think would be shit. It, you know what I mean? Like how are, bad was Willy's Wonderland, then? I've only heard uni- universally bad things about Five Nights at Freddy's. Willy's Wonderland was a 3 out of 10 film. Oh, Five Nights at Freddy's is like a five out of ten. Oh, uh, okay. You know, like it's grand. Like it is. It's well, Josh Hutcherson's. He's pretty good. Yeah, he needs a better, better ages. He really does. Oh my god, he does. What happened after Hunger what Games? What the fuck happened to him? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Rich the Terabithia, Hunger Games. I feel just something else. Everything else. Journey to the center of the earth. Yeah. That three D we'll, one. We'll, we'll give him that. Yeah. We'll give him that just to be generous. Everything else, he's just swinging. Yeah. He's just swinging at air. He, has, he hasn't had a single. Decent film beyond those three. And even the, that last one is pushing it. Yeah. That is pushing yeah, it. I was, I was going to say pushing it. And even like some of those Hunger Games movies is pushing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but like, uh, yeah, because it's him. But do you know what? So I'm sitting watching the movie. I'm like, oh, this movie's kind of made or whatever. <laughs> and Matthew <laughs> Lillard comes on screen. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, there is hope. Yeah. There yeah. is fucking hope for this movie. Uh-huh. And Matthew Lillard is like the best thing in this movie. He's barely in the movie, but he is the best thing in the movie. What what is he in the film? Spoiler alert. He's uh, the bad guy. Ah. Uh, and it's like, oh my god, I'm I don't I was sort of scream. I don't think I've ever seen Matthew Little be a bad guy. I think he's always yeah. he always plays the good guy. But he's hard to dislike, even in Scream. Even in Scream, I'm like ah like He's like he's a bit of a rascal. Oh yeah, go, <laughs> go kill her. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, like he he plays the bad guy in this movie. Um, and you know the funny thing as well is like I was shocked as to how much lore of Five Nights at Freddy's I actually knew, 
because I'm watching the movie, like nearly everything in this movie is putting down. I understand, and mm. like I have not engaged with Five Nights at Freddy content in like ten fucking years, and I for, for some reason I remember and know it still. Did you ever play the game? No. No, yeah, I never played it. Either. I just like knew from like internet yeah. spheres. Freddy Fazbear, I know his name. Yeah, I know the vague kind of uh, outline of the plot. I was like, that's Freddy, that's Bonnie, that's Chica, that's Foxy. You I really know your lore. I didn't know any of those things. The cupcake, qu- the cupcake is like the main animatronic. Basically, the like the cupcake in this thing is like the main animatronic that kills. Having a fucking breeze, what that is though. Mm. Having a clue, not that important, but having a fucking clue. Um. <laughs> There's this weird thing as well, right? So there's like the five animatronics, if you include the cupcake, right? And there's uh, Josh, Josh Hutcherson's character who plays... It's a hard name to, to, to say. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Josh Hutcherson. Hutcherson. I th- Hutcherson's a strange second name. It really is. It should be, I feel it's like a, it should be Hutch. Like one those, it's one of those Sims names, you know? It's just, yeah. like just auto-generated. Yeah, just made up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fake it's, name. It's not a real name. But uh, he plays a dude that is like suffering with... Kind of like PTSD because when he was younger, he saw his little brother get kidnapped and they never saw him again. So, um, he... This is where the movie gets a little bit confusing in terms of like, this writing doesn't really make that much sense. Because he's he's talking about like, oh yeah, when my, when my little brother got taken away, like the family fell apart and my mom and dad like, you know, divorced, whatever. But he also has a little sister who is like 15 years younger than him. Mm. And she was not she was not born when the little boy went missing. So half sister? No, like full sister. So it's like so did they got back together. So they did they fall apart? Did they did they not cuz they they seem to have another kid and now they're not around anymore so I don't know I don't know what I don't know what the the lore here is. It, it kind of feels like they kind of wanted it to be his daughter but they didn't want it to be his daughter. Yeah, because then it'd be bad for the audience. Yeah. That I'll be like fifteen year olds. Yeah. It's I like, don't I can't relate to a man who has a daughter. Yeah, I can't I can't do this. I need a I can only relate if it's a brother or a sister. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Strange. But anyway. So he's taking care of his sister and he's a fuck up and he gets a job at Fezzy Freddy Fosbears. But the first night that he's there he he keeps having this dream. That's just like fucking awful dialogue as well, being like <laughs> You know, like you, your dreams are things that you remember. So if you, so he keeps trying to have the same dream over and over again to see if he can remember what the guy looked like. Yeah. So he keeps having the same, and they like really emphasize that. Uh-huh. So he's having this. He's falls asleep in Freddy Fazbear's, and it's different. He turns around, and there's five kids standing behind him. Now, the five kids is the the main one, which is the blonde little kid. There's a kid with a uh, like a bowler hat kind of thing on, like a top hat. That's Freddy. Mm. There's a kid with a hook in his hand. That's Foxy. There's a little girl. That's Chica. And there's another kid who's got bunny rabbit ears. And that's meant to be Bonnie. Yeah. So the only conclusion I can make from that is that the main kid, and therefore, ergo, the main animatronic is the cupcake because there's no, <laughs> there's no other, and the cupcake doesn't speak or anything. None of the animatronics speak. I feel like, I feel like that doesn't make sense. Why is the cupcake? In dream, and also outside, you know, in terms of kills, the main animatronic, that seems wrong to me. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not sure the significance of Cupcake. Is is it like a, a third-rate character in the video game? I have no idea. But it's it's the main kind of animatronic It, it is in the main movie. animatronic. And, se- and seemingly the main animatronic in terms of the dream as well. 
All right. Even though you think that, you know. What's the significance of the dream? He is communicating to the dead kids. Haunting. The the animatronics. animatronics. Yes. About what? What do you mean about what? What what is he communicating? He he wants to find out about what happened to his brother. Ah, and it happened there. No, it didn't happen there. What's this have to do with anything? <laughs> because you're watching the movie like, what the fuck? Why are you you're just having this dream and there's these kids and you're speaking to them? Why do you think that they're going to tell you anything? Surely you would think that they're you're a figment of your imagination. Yeah. But then like when he wakes up, he has like cuts on him from the kids slashing him. So it's like, oh, mm. there's like something real going on here. Anyway, so fucking fast forward. The animatronics are start killing people, but the animatronics are actually little kids. And when they see his little sister, they're really nice and friendly. Mm. And that kind of removes the horror of the animatronics. Because they're actually good? They're actually good. They're just confused. They're confused about what? I have no idea. But they just want to kill people. They want to kill everyone. But they don't want to kill everyone. Because they're just kids. They're nice to the ones who have already been killed. I think... I actually couldn't tell you, bro, because like they kill a, they kill a security guard at the start of the movie, yeah. but they don't kill the little girl, and they don't kill Josh Hutcherson after after that point. And there's this there's this cop character, and she is the fucking worst. She re- this movie will be significantly better if this cop character wasn't in the movie. It is like one of the most confusing characters I've ever seen. Don't ask me to explain it, man, because it's too complicated. She's like overly explaining everything. But also, her motivations for what she does makes no fucking sense. Mm. Just a bad character. Bad character. Um, there's no <clears throat> blood or gore in this movie. Yeah. For obvious reasons, because it's meant to be watched by kids. It's 15, though, isn't it? But it's too... Yeah, it's still too old. It's, it's weird that it's 15, It's so. like, just fucking commit. Like, <laughs> just commit and make it fucking 18s. An <laughs> 18s Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Or rated NC-17. Yeah, just get a pair of tits in it or something. That would have been... <laughs> <laughs> it's, pretty, it's like... It's so, like, non-offensive, except for one scene. It just has bare boobs. Yeah, bare, bare titties. <laughs> bare titties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that could have been in the yeah, movie. That could have been in the movie, you know? But, uh, yeah, I. it's also, like, not enough in the movie to... Like, I don't think there's any cursing in the movie. There's, like, no gore. There's, like, I don't... I really don't understand why it's 15s. Uh, mature themes. Dead kids, is that enough to get in 15? I suppose it yeah, is. Yeah, I suppose it would be, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. There's also like, like, Friday Nights at Freddy's thing is that it has jump scares. There's no jump scares in this movie, which I think, that's the one time I'd be like, why is there no jump scares in this movie? Yeah, that was the whole point of the, of the game. And that is like, that is the the game's bread and butter. That's the one thing I remember from when, when, when the game first came out. And all, all the YouTubers doing like Let's Plays and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I remember I watched a few of them. I was like, oh. And there was one about like Slenderman at the time. Mm. And there was big, it was a big thing at the time. That's how it got popular. Surely the film would take advantage of that. Because jump scares aren't really a thing, you know, anymore as a, as a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, they're not. You know, it, it would have been an interesting, interesting, uh, or more like just a fucking obvious thing to add to the film. Yeah, I just feel like, because the director of this movie directed um, a movie that I talked about a while ago called um, The Wind. And The Wind wasn't like a very good movie, but it had very interesting themes. Um, And watching this film, I'm like, yeah, she doesn't even have interesting themes in this movie and it's not very good still. So, I just think she's kind of a mid-director. And yeah, 
it's like I feel like it's a good like Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Like this was like this isn't like the best case scenario or the worst case scenario. This is exactly what you thought it was gonna be. Yeah. It yeah. is exactly as it should be. No better, no worse. You can't really hate on that. Yeah, you can't. That's the annoying thing as well. Yeah. It's not even like so bad it's good or H- like How did you see this? Oh, I'm not gonna go to the cinema to watch this. That's just gonna ask. <laughs> yeah, Fucking hell, no. That's what I was asking. No, no. <laughs> uh, oh no. Oh, you saw you saw it uh, via other means. Via other means. I wanted to watch it as well via other means, but I didn't get around to it. Mm. Uh, I suppose it's gonna save time. But yeah, no, I'd say this. It was a lame who had the bad experience in cinemas. Yeah, God bless him. Yeah, God bless him. <laughs> That's kids. why I didn't want to go see it in the cinema. <laughs> And then accidentally went on opening night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could go to the cinema and just be like, yeah, what's what's going on? Oh, None of this makes any sense. Like, if I walked if I walked in on like if I walked into a cinema like that So like You for, wouldn't walk out. For the listeners, like Liam, who's been on the episode on the podcast like twice now, he went uh on opening night and walked into a Five Nights at Freddy's fan base watching the movie mm. so they talked through it the entire fucking thing awful cinema experience however and I did tell him this I think that's on him you walked into their space <laughs> like <laughs> like yeah, yeah like you did not belong there like, <laughs> like <laughs> you, yeah you were the problem yeah like, <laughs> I don't blame a single person in that cinema for doing that because they 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 know what they are they know what they were there for yeah, yeah, that that is that is a very valid point. Like Liam was the intruder; he was the uh, he, he was the weird guy there. Yeah, and they were they were that was their space to not be the weird people. Yeah, it was their one chance. <laughs> <laughs> so you just just let them at it. Yeah, you know, lock them in that room for for the whatever however the ninety long minutes, however long this film is, however long this film is, and just you know let them have it, I suppose, and let them enjoy themselves. Yeah, I wonder if, if that's still going on though. You know, if you walked into a random showing, would you still have some kids? It's like. Well, this is a. This is gonna happen next. Oh, so, like, oh, that's game theory or whatever. Yeah. yeah, probably. Liam did say that that when, like, Liam went to go see um, Endgame mm. at midnight. Yeah, and he said that the reaction when Matt Pack came on screen at Five Nights at Freddy was louder than anything that happened in Endgame. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm Which kinda, I think I'm kind of happy for them. I say, like, <laughs> in a way, I'm kind of like, well, that kind of proves my point, bro. You walked into their space, <laughs> like, like that's how that is on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's there like a fucking anthropologist, like <laughs> this strange race of people, just, <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely incensed by Matt Pat, <laughs> whoever that is. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck that is? That's the thing as well. It's like Liam was like, I didn't know, I don't know anything about Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. So I didn't understand anything that was going on in the movie. And it's like, my point still stands. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, to be honest, I don't know why anyone would go into this, go into a Five Nights at Freddy's movie expecting a movie. I don't know why you'd do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, like I would definitely, a few years ago, it definitely would have been like, oh, because the trailer looked kind of cool, to be honest. Mm. It looked kind of cool. The animatronics are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, And they're yeah. actually real animatronics. Yeah. They don't look like it in some scenes. They really, in the trailer they don't really <laughs> look like <laughs> don't. I don't know I think it's the lighting or something I'm like <laughs> they have the reverse problem where their animatronics look but look they look CGI. like CGI <laughs> <laughs> which makes me feel really bad because I'm like oh, you put so much work into that yeah, and I s- it's for nothing it, it still looks like CGI yeah I don't know I don't know what it is it's just I think it's like the way that they move is like 
too smooth or something. Mm. Where like in my head, I like, like they're too advanced. Yeah, the t- the the robots for the robots for the for the <laughs> animatronics is too advanced. Yeah, it yeah. should be like shittier. Uh huh. Should be more jerky and stuff. Yeah, like uh, the Chuck E. Cheese robots. Yeah, literally, or like. But because hmm. I'm like, did Willy's Wonderland have good animatronics? Uh, no, it did not. Remember certain scenes of them looking like absolute fucking dog shit. Was that CGI or animatronics? I think like a blend. I think it was dudes in suits. I don't think it was animatronics. <laughs> well, that's kind of that's kind of cool though. Yeah, it's kind of creepy as you well. Can get, you can get away with that. Yeah, yeah, but even like a like a uh, a RoboCop kind of thing, you know, like eighties mm. old, stu- yeah, old school, yeah. like just kind of like just kind of something off, like like just guys in suits, but there's something clearly off about it. Like mm-hmm. it, it's not it's not meant to look perfect. But they they tried. They probably should have tried in other areas first. And then just left the animatronics to take look after themselves. But you know that's their space, and we'll uh, we'll allow them to live on their yeah. re- their reservation of cringe. See, <laughs> the island of cringe. <laughs> yeah, there is something inherently cringy about Five Nights at Freddy's. I think it's because it's like, I I genuinely think it's because it is not a like uh it's not too far away from furry shit. Isn't it? I you know what I mean. I feel like it's like. There's not you don't have to make a la- massive leap from Five Nights at Freddy fans to furries. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I I get what you mean, but it also sounds like a massive leap. But like you know but what I, I mean? But like, I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like you just you just went ham on furries just out of nowhere, you know. But it does make like if you know the fan base. All the respect in the world to furries. Yeah, respect the furries. Yeah, respect the furries. Well, we should have a furries. Acceptance movie. to the furries. I mean, not respect, but acceptance Ex- to the furries. <laughs> Tolerance to the furries. <laughs> we'll allow it. We will allow that. Yeah. And yeah. um, let them live in their island of I filth. Would fucking love to meet a furry. I just you, you've, pay- you've met a furry. I maybe I have. You have met furries, man. Yeah. But like you know, I've never like talked to them about. Being a fair, I want to pick their brain. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't want to fucking like. I'm sure there's like endless amounts of YouTube documentaries I could watch on like furries, but like I want to speak to a furry. We we could set that up. I feel like we could. We could set that up. Um, when's Comic Con on? Do you think there's free movies? Yeah, of course. Yeah, there's free porn. There's loads. Yeah, believe well, me. Yeah. <laughs> There's too I, much. I've never met. I've never met a free before, but I'm a connoisseur in their <laughs> porn. <laughs> it's just it has subgenres. It's ridiculous. You know, if, if they kind of they died off a bit. You know, the Great Purge of 2015. <laughs> they were huge back in the day. <laughs> so they, I, I knew a few furries. I wish I knew one. I we no. You, I, you did know. You did know them. D- are you telling me that I do know them, but like you, you did? S- you can't say their name. I don't want to say. Okay, right, 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 right. I'm not gonna out any furries out there. You know? Holy shit! Yeah, of course you did. Hold on, we're gonna hit pause. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah, no, I did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, no, I did. That was a matter of historical record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, l- a, l- a long time ago. But anyway, yeah, furries. Anyway, Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's. It's uh, mid. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's mid. It's mid. It's uh, it's like as good as you're gonna expect it to be, and um, probably really good if you're a fan. And that is exactly what it should be. Yeah. It. 
if Five Nights at Freddy's like turned around a bit and was like the best horror movie of like you know 2023 I'd be like incredibly upset <laughs> yeah that'd be kind of insulting I think yeah it'd be kind of a slap in the face it's like oh man like and like it's like that's I don't know it's just something that should it just feels like that would be incredibly wrong <laughs> it's just like incredibly wrong it would also empower the people that go to go yeah you know the the fan the existing fan base oh to man. an extent yeah maybe that's the reason why is that i don't want you, you wouldn't want that to happen yeah, yeah you, you want you want these people like you know it all, would, all it, power would, it would enable them further yeah yeah it, it, it would kind of reinforce bad habits you know let them live in their island that's fine you know there's nothing wrong with with being young and, and you know enjoying these things yeah um, it'd be like if Martin Scorsese, these, yeah, yeah. It'd, it'd be like if Martin Scorsese came out and said a Marvel film was actually good. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like it just emboldened them. Yeah, it'd be like a sign of the times. Yeah, it'd be some kind of, It'd be a bad omen. Yeah, you know. It's like fuck shit. We're, this is the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So thankfully, it's not good. So uh, we don't have to worry about that. Thank God, the world can continue on. The world can continue on, or can it? Can it? Um. Uh. Continuing on our Exorcist series, I watched. The Exorcist 3, Legion from 1990. Owen fucked up. Owen did not get enough time and did not continue on the series watch. So I am I'm passing the torch. Mark will lead the way into the dark. Well, we were jointly carrying the torch before. Yeah, I know. You just let go of the torch. I, no, like, no, it, I like to think that, like, because we... I know that we said that we were going to do that with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series where like we're gonna stop at a certain point but i i kept going out of my own curiosity yeah and yeah. suffered fucking horribly for it <laughs> but uh i'm you can you can you can take the step for us yeah no yeah it's, it's we, we all have busy lives it's very very understandable i've done the same thing before but uh yeah exorcist 3 it's, it's kind of a shame i, I I'm, I'm actually i'm very disappointed that you missed out not disappointed in you <laughs> but disappointed in uh you're a fucking mess on <laughs> <laughs> just uh just because it, it, it this is a really good film yeah, no, this, I'm really this, annoyed. This, this is, is a bizarrely good film. Do you know what the annoying thing is? Is that I started saying that we'll do this fucking franchise because I want to watch <laughs> Exorcist three because I'd heard it was good. It is, and then you didn't watch. And it. And then I didn't fucking watch it. And I have to watch all the fucking bad ones around it. <laughs> I don't get to talk about the good one. Uh, now you can catch up. It's it's. This is a good film. Mm. Like this is a biz- like just weirdly good film. I don't know why. Um. Something might it might might have something to do with the fact that the writer of the original film, William Peter Blatty, uh, directed this film. So he actually he made a sequel. Uh, so The Exorcist was originally a book, mm-hmm. The Exorcist, which is based on a tr- you know true story. It was, actually was based on a true story, the same way The Conjuring and all those things are based on true stories. Mm-hmm. And then it's made into a film. William Friedkin made the film. You know, huge film. Uh, you know, massively influential, hugely like insanely successful. We didn't talk about that. We haven't. We've never really talked about that before. But the X is one of the most successful films of all time. Yeah, it's like one of the like highest grossing horror films ever made. Yeah, like like it was a cultural phenomenon on the level of Avatar. It was even, massive. Even though it was banned in loads of places. Yeah, yeah, it was banned here mm-hmm. for a year. It's a very like well, quite recently. Um, after after the 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 original film, obviously had the sequel, which is not good. Um, as we covered. Yeah, as we covered last last episode. And that was about two. I think it was a year or two years after, or three years, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, it was a few years after the the first one. No one really paid any attention to that. William Peter Blatty, the original writer, he was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna write a sequel," and he wrote a sequel to the original novel. And it's called it's called The Exorcist Legion, and Friedkin 
um, initially optioned this sequel um, novel uh, to make a sequel to the original Exorcist. So what it, it originally was supposed to be the you know the original duo Friedkin and um, Blatty, mm-hmm. uh, director and writer, uh, to make a sequel to the film. Um, what was it? Thirteen years after the yeah, original, yeah. Uh, which sounds amazing. Oh and yeah, it's like that's like one of the things where like you read that line, you think, oh, like what could have been? Mm-hmm. Uh, Friedkin dropped out, and it ended up that Blatty sold the rights basically by himself, uh, but only on the condition that he could direct the film because he wanted uh, direct creative control. He wasn't he wasn't happy with what had happened with the, the second one. Fair enough. And he had like yeah, he had like real convictions, like like Friedkin did. About how they can't the, massacre my boy again. Yeah, yeah. About how the actual material is being treated, and about you know the story. He just he didn't like bad movies. He wanted to make a good movie, uh, and so so he made the Exorcist three. Especially when like you've arguably made like one of the greatest movies ever made. Ar- yeah. Argued by some people as the greatest movie ever made. Yeah, yeah. By by many ill-informed people, but uh, it's a great film. Of it course, is a good movie. It is a really good movie, but like. This is this this is a film that shouldn't really be. It, there's no, it's not right to be as good as it is. Mm. Like it, it really is very very good. Um, it's also it's kind of panned as well. It's not regarded as very. <laughs> it wasn't regarded very well at the time anyway. Mm. For example, the the Rotten Tomatoes score is like fifty percent. The IMDb is the Metacritic, like all, like all the kind of uh, metrics for critical reception. What's the letterbox? Are they're there they're about five six out of ten. Which I really don't understand at all because the film is just like it's leagues and leagues ahead of the 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 sequel, uh, Exorcist Two. Exorcist Two is fucking so bad, holy shit. Three point five. Is it three point five in Letterbox? That's 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 the best I've seen. That's, that's, that's the highest like, rating. That's pretty fucking good. Like three point five in Letterbox is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To say that the highest, I think the highest rated film is a four point six or four point seven. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, like it, 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 it really suits this film because it's not, it's not, it's not an all timer. It's not a classic, but it is a really good, like. See, it's not even the same as The Exorcist. Mm. It's not the same kind of vibe. It's just a lot of the same characters. So you know the priest from The Exorcist falls down the stairs and dies at the yeah. end. Uh, Damien Caris is the character's name. He is a. Uh, it basically happens in the fallout of his death, and. Or like the the long term fallout of his death, as he had the lieutenant as well from the Exorcist, which honestly, hands up, I don't remember that character. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> he's played by George C. Scott in this. <laughs> no idea. I don't know who he is. No idea that that was a character. You know, um, like does not matter. The priests. It, it and doesn't matter. Yeah, like Reagan and the man. That's all that matters in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like those latter two characters, Reagan, like they're not in the film, not in this film. This film is about the lieutenant. And uh, there's another priest who was also in the first film. Uh, but like he's not, he kind of falls off, falls to the wayside. Also not important. Yeah, not, not one of the two that dies. So it's not important. Yeah, it's about it's about the lieutenant living in the aftermath of this exorcism, um, and in the aftermath of his best friend's death, uh, Damien Caris, um, at the hands of Beelzebub, and an event, an event that what can't be explained rationally. And he obviously he's like a he works for the state. He's like a detective. You know, he's all about rational explanations, investigations, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And this is something that defines his life, which he cannot explain in any sense. Um, at the same time, um, so like that's one thread of the the film. And then the main kind of body of the story is a serial killer manhunt investigation between a serial killer that's already been caught, tried, executed, and buried, um, 
who is somehow still active. Oh, shit. See, that sounds terrible, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds, does sound bad. Sounds, oh, sounds, shit. That sounds so bad. But it's called the Gemini Killer. And I, I'd read about the Gemini Killer, uh, like the character, basically, before. Um, I can't remember where, but I was thinking, I was thinking maybe in books about these kind of like horror films or <laughs> horror films yeah or, or, uh, <laughs> or like a list of like the, the best you know fictional is he meant to be like the zodiac killer yeah it is it's, yeah. Ba- it's just it's just a zodiac killer but like kind of uh given a new lick of paint uh the gemini killer is is uh, this guy who uh, you know had a this like very precise uh mo it was you know caught and tried killed executed all this stuff many years ago and uh, but there's a patient in an asylum who seems to be, um, seems to have some bizarre awareness of what exactly his secret MO was. Mm. And see, it seems to basically know details that only the Gemini killer and the police um, could possibly know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the whole thing is it's like, so the, the, the lieutenant has to deal with this. Um, these, these impossible coincidences, in addition to all these weird coincidence like all the, the new killings that are that are taking place which seem to be linked to the gemini killer they're all very very uh they're linked to religion basically so it's all like uh someone's head will be cut off and all their blood removed and their head will be replaced with a uh, plaster cast of jesus uh ripped down from the top of the church it's mm. weird like you know weird stuff like that but it, it basically takes more of a form along the lines of uh like silence of the lambs Oh a shit! Lot yeah, to that, yeah. You know, so because as you because uh, when you're describing, it, I was like, who's like the best like film serial killer? Is it Hannibal Lecter? Just as you were describing yeah, the yeah. Gemini man. Honestly, this 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 guy is the, the 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 Gemini killer. He's not really the main character. Yeah, apparently, he was more more so a main character in the book. This film is mainly just about the lieutenant. And there was a lot of reshoots. There's this whole thing, this whole you know the usual story of like this you know every film this ever made yeah this tortured decent. artist who was supposed to make this one film and then the studio said we should make another, and he actually does have a point towards the end of the film, and uh, where there's clearly some kind of hand of God studio intervention, which doesn't really track with the rest of the film, um but yeah the whole thing is it it, it turns into, uh, more of like a police procedural slash like psychological horror film mm-hmm. rather than an outright demonic you know hyper catholic exorcist um you know demon film yeah and um, which is uh, i thought i thought it was a really good like way to take the the story i mean, like re- really unconventional way to take the story like, it didn't need to go this way but they did and they really or william peter Blatty really pulled it off mm-hmm. it's really well shot like it's really well done like it, it everything makes sense the team's running through it. Like, they're all there. They're all, like, very much realized. Um, and it's just, a, it's a good mix of genres, which you, you don't really see that much. Um, like, you always have, like, like Silence of the Lambs, for example. It's just Home for the Killer. Yeah. I, I like Silence of the Lambs. It's thriller. But it's just, it's not like, an, like, I would never watch, I'd never sit down, I'd love to watch that again. I remember, I, you know? <laughs> I remember re-watching it during lockdown i think and i watched it on my phone silence of lambs yeah and i was like yeah this film really doesn't need to be on a big screen yeah like it's 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 good like it's like it's a good movie yeah I'm like yeah this is a good movie but an all-timer it's it's not something that i'd be like i it's need to watch that again. certainly not something i would 
Like, if I was to make a top 100 films of all time, I mean top 100, at the stage where I'm struggling, I would then put on Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, I, I probably completely forget about Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah That's same. where it is for me, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a good film. Really, I wouldn't, like, it, wouldn't rank it, though. Like, fair, really, so. really good film, but I would not rank it. Yeah, yeah. Like, there yeah. is... In fact, that's actually alive. I was making 100 best movies of all time. That film would not be anywhere near it. Yeah, yeah. It just wouldn't. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that's a good example of a police procedural mystery kind of film. Uh, which is sometimes said to be a horror film, but it's really not. Yeah. Um, There's like one, that one fucking night vision scene. Yeah, yeah. But even like that, it's, it's not. not it's really not. Whereas it, I think that film, that, that was 1991. This film is 1990. This is the horror film that Silence of the Lambs would be if it was a horror film. Yeah. Like this, is a, this is an actual horror film, which is also a police procedural about a murder mystery investigation. Um. Which I just, I just always, I just like when those things come together, like, yeah. like the true detective kind of thing, where it's like there's something seriously wrong here. This obviously doesn't have the same conspiratorial kind of like uh, wide web of uh, bizarre kind of cultish shit going on around like that. Detective is so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's just about one demon, and you know, uh, just like just really weird things that are happening, and no one's really sure what exactly is going on. Um, and so it's like about the past and about you know hauntings both like real and kind of like in your head and mm-hmm. um, it's like very, there's a huge psychological aspect to it um, and it's I, I, I don't want to go into the whole like I think you should watch it because it, it, this is the one this is the best threequel I've probably, probably ever seen you know yeah fair I'm literally like racking my brain being like Terminator 3 sucks Alien 3 sucks Um yeah, yeah. Um, I can't think. Like of that's it. not hard. Again, like like uh, what was like, what we were talking about earlier. A Godfather three sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's not a difficult. It's not hard to be the best or to be a really good threequel because there's generally shit. But this one is just it just surprised me by how good it was. Mm. Um, despite the fact that it's it should it really shouldn't be good at all. Mm. Uh, it does kind of the the the, the directors William Peter Blatty his his whole um argument. Uh, kind of against the film himself is the latter kind of 20 minutes which you you can clearly see the hand of the studio coming in mm-hmm. and saying we need some kind of big final confrontation here which doesn't suit the the flow or the pacing or the the the, the general attitude of the film at all but it still works but it doesn't it, you could see where he wanted to go with it yeah yeah um and the fact that he couldn't go there, it's parts of the film don't really make a lot of sense toward the end of it. Mm-hmm. But it's still cool. It's still it's still scary, and it's still engaging and interesting all the way through the entire film. Mm-hmm. Uh, an hour fifty minutes, uh, really well made. It's like genuinely like actually, it's a scary film. It's actually good. It's actually it's like I'm yeah. just surprised by how yeah. how good <laughs> it is. I just it's, it's like it, the complete. This is a one eighty of Five Nights at Freddy's, where it's like you expect it to be mid but it's like oh shit this is actually pretty it good it turns out this is actually a good <laughs> film um, so fair play to him and shame on those who uh, who underrate this film like, mm. like you're the one who said, who said that this you, you've heard this is a good film yeah uh, but you, you don't really see it I, I haven't seen it online uh, myself so far um, I'll, I'll probably look into it now more so um, just because it's, it's 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 very overlooked it really is yeah it's, it's a it's 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 a hidden gem. It's literally, it's an actual hidden gem. Yeah, yeah. You know, not in the, not in the kind of cliche sense is it, of the word. Is it a cult classic? 
Uh, I wouldn't say that. No, no yeah, we wouldn't do that. I'd say a lot of people watch this just because of the name. But Fair like, enough, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, it it is definitely. Maybe uh, maybe it could be. Could be. Yeah. It could become like a Halloween three kind of thing. Like yeah, that's a, that's a cool classic. That is that's that actually that's, that's a good prequel. Yeah, maybe it, this is. Very, very different films. I wouldn't, I wouldn't compare them. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of shit in Halloween 3. There is. There is. Yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, no. There's actually, a lot of stuff you have to get. I think, like, Halloween 3 is really good when you think about, the, like, the subtext or, like, the just craziness I, I of the plot. Halloween 3, yeah. Of the, in the, but the, the whole thing with the main character was just going around being a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. That's playing irredeemable. <laughs> absolutely irredeemable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just so But he fails. Do. So that kind of works out for him. Yeah, yeah. I need to watch yeah. Halloween 3 again. It's a great movie. Very good. Very good movie. Right, well, we go for a break. Let's go for a quick break. Yeah. Right, before we get on to our recommended film for this episode, we got one more fish to fry. I was going to say a big fish, but it's not really that big of a fish. It's a, it's very, a fisher. It's a, it's a subtle fish. It's a no, fish. It's, fin- it's Fincher. It's a fisher. <laughs> Who the fuck is David Fincher? No fisher. <laughs> yeah, David. David Fincher. Yeah. David Who the fisher. fuck is that? David Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> he's brand new on the scene. I like what he's coming out with. And uh, no, yeah, David Fincher. Fish club. Uh, yeah, yeah, fish club fish and. Gone uh, Gill. Oh, that's good. <laughs> That's good. That's on the spot. That's really good. I hope someone cringes on that one. Gone <laughs> Gill. I like that. David Fisher. Yeah. Yeah, David Fincher's latest release, only available on Netflix. It actually wasn't even. It's actually in cinemas. Oh. Yeah. But then I, it's on cinemas. I watched it on Dodgy Box. Yes, I, couldn't get, I couldn't access my Netflix account because they fucking refuse to let me. You know, my mom's, my mom has the account and I can't use it. So I have to watch it illegally. This is such a joke. I, I, we should cancel that as well. I, I, there's no point having any of these things anymore. It's just such a waste of time. <laughs> something so fucking funny about having to illegally stream a film on. that's on a service that you have. Yeah, I literally oh. paid for the service and I can't watch it. Jesus. Uh, so but yeah, David Fincher's The Killer. The Killer. Starring Michael Fassbender. The returning Michael Fassbender. I haven't seen him something in years, it's man. It's been a while. Alien Covenant. Surely, this, did you do the Iceman or the Snowman? Whatever the fucking dog shit film was called. The what? The Snowman? I think it's called The Snowman. I don't know. It was meant to be really, really bad. I've never seen it, but it's meant to be really, really bad. Yeah, he hasn't done anything big for, for, for a good while anyway. Um, I think he actually got charged with something. So it might have been something to do with that. Oh, no. He's also he's also racing around the world. He's, he's, a, he's a race car driver in his, his spare time. A lot like Frankie Muniz, but about the, the stroke. But he's uh, he stars... In The Killer, which is a very interesting film uh, by David Fincher, which is available now for you to watch. But yeah, but yeah. It was a snowman. He did well. He did. Um, he was in the X Men movies. Was he? So the last film he was in was in 2019, and then uh, he hasn't been in anything until this came out. Ah. Uh-huh. Um. So yeah, four years. Four so years. So a bit of a bit of a break. Um. Geez, his last few movies were dog shit. He did Dark Phoenix, which is meant to be dog shit. The Snowman, which is meant to be dog shit. Alien Covenant, which is dog shit. Assassin's Creed, which is probably dog shit. It is. And X-Men Apocalypse, which is fairly bad. I wouldn't say dog shit, but like fairly bad. Jesus. He, what the fuck is he doing? 
Yeah, he really went off the rails towards the end. Yeah. But what do you think of this movie? I think Fastman is back. I mm-hmm. think Fincher is back. Because I thought Mank was kind of... Stank? Yeah, Mank was. <laughs> that was the best way to put it. It was stank. It was such a forgettable film. So boring. You know? So he was actually... It, it is like black and white films are boring. That film was fucking boring. <laughs> it, it was It was so <laughs> pointless. It's like what? What? What were we? What was the point? What are we doing here? What was the point of that film? Like, what was? Why did that film come out? Citizen Kane, Mark. That's why. Citizen Kane. It's like I I have no idea what that film has to do with Citizen Kane. I've never seen it. He's a guy. Guy wrote it, and that's it. Oh wow! Like it wasn't really like. Did it have much to do with Citizen Kane? I don't don't really think it did. Um, there was like McCarthy stuff in there as well, wasn't there? Isn't there always blacklisted? The more interesting things to write about there. It's like remember that film Trump or Trump. Uh, oh Brian yeah, Cranston was d- in it. Uh, yeah, I know the film you're talking about. I, yeah, Trump, Drumbo, something. Like Drumbo, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what's the point of those films? I don't, really, I don't, I don't get it. There, it's Hollywood um, saying sorry for the bad things that it's done in the past. Yeah, it's it's pu- like it has much more things to apologize for that it hasn't even right started now. to yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pulling itself off being like, we're so fucking cool. You know, this guy was one of us even though we tried to destroy his life and his family and his career. But anyway, yeah, The Killer, I think this is, this is, this is, this is a, I think this is a great film, I yeah. have to say. I think this is a really, really, it's really, really good, good. I think it's like, it's like a cross between, um, it's it's peak Fincher, you know. It's all very very controlled, pure, controlled, p- pure pristine, pristine, precise. You know, very prestige. So it's like it's like it's nearly too prestige, like too sense, like kind of cringy. I, th- I thought the, <laughs> 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 no, it's, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, oh, you know, like I, I thought all the wanking yourself off. Oh. <laughs> there's the whole. Uh, Use of the Smiths. I thought that was. I thought that was kind of like Edgar Wright, kind of like that's. I thought that was a bit stupid, bro. Was, that that was something I was like. Uh, and then I was like, yeah. "Oh, cool!" And then I went back to, uh. <laughs> "Yeah." It was like, like it had me like it was like I looped around my feeling on it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then it ended with the like these charming men. I was like, "Yeah, you got me again. I'm back. I'm back." Yeah, like it did work. I just thought it was, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of uh, the way it kind of lands in the film. Do you know, this is one of those type of movies where like it's so pris- pristine and like high quality that I really. I really take note of like editing choices and sound design. Yeah, uh-huh. you know what I mean. Like I really took notice of the fact that when when he's so the the killer is about an assassin misses his target, wife's get his wife girlfriend gets beat up by assassins. He goes off to get revenge. That's the plot. Yeah, that's very a- very simple generic plot, mm. but um. There's a scene where he's like looking through the sniper at the start of the movie and he's listening to the Smiths and when it's when you can see him in the background you can hear the Smiths as if it's playing through his earphones but then when you're seeing what he is seeing I thought that was good. You can hear the music clearly. And I, I really took note of that. I was like that's fucking cool. Yeah, I thought that was a great use of that. But then, like some of the other uses I just thought were just too too deliberate. This seemed too telegraphed. I didn't like it. But- I thought it was really cool. And then I then I knew why I noticed it because it does it multiple times. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. like he kept doing it. I was like, oh, yeah, like it's cool, like it's cool, but you're doing it a lot. So I'm really, it's yeah. less cool if I'm really noticing it. Yeah, I have to take a position here, you know. And you kind of you you push me, you keep pushing me towards kind of like you know. Yeah, I get it. You mm. know, I get it. Um, it was kind of insistent about that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but it it was it's it's still still pretty cool. Um, I I think the film itself is 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 good 
is very good regardless. Mm. Kind of mixed Zodiac Fight Club. Um, though it isn't as maybe openly openly presenting itself for interpretation as something like Fight Club obviously is. Yeah. You know, because it is, it's very, very to the point, very direct. It's, the, the, the premise is very, very simple. Like, as you said, it's just, it's an assassin who thinks he's above everyone else, misses, makes a mistake, fucks up, and then has to uh, basically deal with the consequences. Um, Do you think that's the thing you're talking about, Mank? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he He's the assassin. He's like, oh, I missed just once. Oh, shit. And now they're the, after me. The perfect shot. <laughs> I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> French. Nor is the character in this. Sticking on the professional. One shot. One shot. Do not lose your chance. But, um, no, I think it's, I think a lot of it is, uh, a deconstruction in the same way that Fight Club is. Mm-hmm. The whole toxic masculine. These days, you have the Patrick Bateman, Sigma male archetype. <sighs> Boy, you know, those just. Stuff like that. Yeah, the Ryan Gosling archetype, which is obviously, you know, kind of more people projecting themselves onto Ryan Gosling characters. Whatever. Is Mar- like, no, Marky. I am him. I that am him. Me. He's literally me. <laughs> you know, I was stuck in a dark place for a while because I literally thought I was in. And then Barbie movie came out. And, and then, then Barbie oh, and everything's good. Okay. It's like, oh, he's cool. Goofy yeah, again. I can be happy. But, <laughs> and yeah, this one, he's like, it, like the the initial part of the film, he's the first 10, 15 minutes where it's just a setup and it's him doing this whole yoga, downward dog. He's like, he's like kind of like this stoic you know, nihilistic. I am in control. Yeah, hired going, I am the few, you are the many, I am the wolf, you are the sheep. You know, I am I am uh, the dominant force here. It's like this whole, it's, a, it's like the sigma male, you know, hyper-masculine mm. archetype um, that isn't affected, somehow isn't affected by anything else around him. It, mm-hmm. You know, despite all laws of physics and uh, like, you know, basic human uh, nature and stuff like that. And then I think from, from the point where he, he misses his shot and he fucks up, and the consequences start to bear down on him. Uh, it's like it's basically pulling that that archetype apart. Yeah. But it doesn't. Uh, maybe it doesn't fully elaborate on that in a way that would be. Maybe it would be more interesting if they kind of really got to the to the meat and bones of it a bit more. But like I think the the whole film is based basically boils down to that that kind of deconstruction, mm. in my opinion. Yeah. Because he just loses control altogether. Uh, like even like the whole thing is obviously he's successful to the extent That's that he's he's a he's a, a expert assassin yeah and he's gone he's hunting down the people he needs to attack uh to gain revenge uh but like the entire time um as he's reminded by one of his victims is that like he's he's basically playing into a cycle here which has already been set into in motion which he can never escape from um and which completely undermines um, his entire sense of self, which he expressed in the first ten, fifteen minutes of the film. Yeah, this whole idea of like he is, he is an island. This man is an island. You know, I'm. He's just a mercenary. He's a hard gun. No emotion. Um, he can't be affected. He is. He's the predator. You are the prey. That's not the case. That's clearly not the case mm-hmm. from the minute that he missed that shot. Yeah, and it's, it's just like everything that he thought he was. It just doesn't apply. And each time, he, every single sequence in the film is him. Being like paranoid, s- yes, like slowly coming to realize that it's it's basically the situations have reversed, and that he's not the predator. Maybe there aren't any predators at all. It's just kind of like weird economic relations because mm-hmm. the whole thing as well boils down to even um, like when he initially talks about only 
only do what you're paid to do. Yeah, that's something, like that. something he says. Yeah, he's, he's just there. He's just a hard going. He's a mercenary. Um, and when they, he gets blowback for, for failing uh, to kill his target, they go after his wife or his girlfriend. Um, and so he seek revenge, seeks revenge because of that. Mm-hmm. And he goes after these people who have like who've uh, attacked this, this person he loves the most. And every time he meets the people responsible, uh, whether it's like the go-betweens or like the people who are directly involved or the person who ordered it, it always comes down to it's like it's just, it was just business. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing, there's no emotions behind it. But at the same time, emotions... It's just ha- what happens. ...fuel everything that happens yeah. in the film. But it's emotions coming from within him. Yeah, yeah. Which no know. one else gives a fuck. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought it was interesting. That, yeah. That kind of way. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I think I could have done a lot more to emphasize that. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you'd like... Because I, I also thought this movie was really good, but I did not view it like that i just kind of viewed it as like a yeah revenge standardish kind of movie because like it's still like that's just like what you're describing is like basically every film like this like every film that falls underneath the story is basically that Mm. um like it, it just has the difference of of that establishment of oh you know i'm a man of my own or whatever I have, like, no, no emotions. Yeah, yeah. But, I, like, without that, without that opening, like, 15 minutes. It's just, it's just a revenge film. It's just a standard revenge movie. Yeah. I, and they don't, I feel like that, like, what you're saying would have been more effective. I definitely think it is there, but mm-hmm. I think it would have been more effective if it was emphasized more with each encounter. Yeah. Because, like, when he meets the, the first dude, not the, not the taxi driver, but the first assassin that beat up his girlfriend, mm. like... There's literally nothing there. Like, he's just, like... He's just... It's just straight he's, into a fight. He's just there, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, just, he's just chilling at home. Straight into a fight. Brutal fight. Um, it's a good fight. Good fight. But, yeah, there is there is no real, like, meat to that scene. I it's more... Like, the meat is more just, like, the actual violence itself. Yeah, I kind of feel like it would have been maybe better for, like, somewhat subverts your expectations or something where, like, you're expected to be this revenge thing, but in each in each instance, it's, like, a conversation. And then, yeah. the, and then you don't, you don't, you don't get the kill, you get just the conversation. Yeah, no, there's that. There's definitely elements which I, I, they could have leaned on. Oh, so that would have been fucking more. lame, though. That would have been so. I would have been like, oh, it would have been a real trife. Well, like it, depending on how it was executed. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think I think what di- differentiates it is the fact that you, like, I didn't sympathize with this guy at all. Like, no. I, I didn't care what happened to him at all. And I think the film does a good job at yeah. that. Like, he's it's, extremely unlikable. Yeah, like, especially when you have that scene with um, the woman and she's trapped. And, like, I think, yeah, the, the, yeah. like, what this film does really well is that, the, like, this film, this film's plot is really fucking simple in terms of, like, you know, like, say, for example, like, Taken. Mm. Like taken is like ninety minutes of this guy like investigating and figuring out you know, what he needs to do, like trying to figure out like who who the people are, what he needs to do, get to them. Like a Fassbender's character, the majority of this film is him driving to where he needs to go. Mm. Like the actual action sequence and stuff like that don't really take up much that much time because those bits are quite quick and he he knows what he needs to do. And the majority of the film is him just simply getting from point A to point B. Yeah, and doing monologues and stuff. 
and these like monologues about the Smiths and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> monologues, <laughs> and sometimes monologues about the Smiths, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like uh, that scene where like he has the woman and um, she begs him, she's like, "Please don't make me disappear." Like I know you need to kill me, but don't make me disappear. Mm. And you're like, "Oh, that like this dude's a fucking piece of shit." <laughs> yeah, no, he's just like for the, the whole opening fifteen minutes. I think it's just set up to be like to make you feel nothing for this character. Mm. Like, he's just unrelatable. He's not likable at all. He's a, he's a terrible person. He's a killer. He's arrogant. Yeah, he's a killer. He's an arrogant. Um, like he likes he, the Smiths. He, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking red flag there. Yeah, he, he's constantly <laughs> listening to the Smiths. He's pretentious. Everyone knows someone like this. Someone like this guy, you know? Uh, but <laughs> but he's, he's just like a pure, like, just a pure psychopath. Like in the model of something like Patrick Bateman, mm. you know that's how I kind of saw it. Or and Tyler then, Durden. Yeah, yeah. And then the rest of the film is uh, he doesn't. There's not like really the downfall as such. I properly. think the, the end. It is a downfall. There's but that, it's, it's there's very that soft. hint at the end where yeah. like he like twitches or like his eye, or, like he doesn't, he can't relax or something like that. Yeah, he can never relax again. Yeah. Um, so like everything after that is negating that first 15 minutes mm. where like he's exposed as like someone who's obviously very very powerful uh like strong um i've got at what he's doing but at the same time like extremely weak emotionally mm-hmm. and fragile in the same way that every human is yeah um, and that everything he was trying everything he was telling himself at the beginning wasn't for some exterior audience or for ourselves or for posterity or whoever it was him trying to reassure himself that he was somehow better than the people he was targeting. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, obviously just pure cope. Um, pure copium. Pure copium on the part of this chap. Um, I think the film expressed that well, but maybe there, there's there's different things it could have elaborated on a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and the, the fact it's, so, it's executed so well, technically speaking, and yeah. the, the music is really good. And, like, you know, yeah. So that kind of makes up for any deficits that might have... A thematic deficit might be there as well. Like this is a fit. Like as I said, like this is a film where I like I took notice of like techniques and like sound design and stuff like that. Like when he has the fight with the big dude, when the ma- when the fella is stomping towards him, the camera shakes. Yeah, yeah. And like you really feel like this dude. Like I watched this film with Melissa. Melissa's like, "Holy shit, that dude's fucking huge." Yeah. And yeah. it's just from that simple like camera shake with each stomp towards him, mm-hmm. of, like the sound design, of, like the perspective sound, um, like cool just shit like that. Even like the like just seeing what the character this is like a, a very proficient killer and you get that scene where like he goes in with the uh with the bin and he like stops near the top or whatever and he counts mississippi one two mississippi to count down how long it takes for the door to close yeah yeah and just being like, oh, I, I can see, like, you hear the tension, like, the tension building from that. And then as he goes in, like, it just plays off all very, it's such a, like, well-constructed film. Yeah, yeah. Every like, set piece. Every set piece, like, very well works. Yeah, the door thing is a great example, because even, like, the sound of the door closing. And, I don't know, just the, the, the way it conveys the tension of, oh, it's about to close. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, you better get in there. It's like, it's proper... It's a multimedia experience yeah, of you yeah. like wanting, well, not really wanting, but like, you know, waiting to see if this bin man can get through the door on mm-hmm. time, you know? But it's it's, it's still very, it's very, very tense. Yeah. You're not really sure what he's going to do when he gets in there either. Because um, you have no idea who the fuck these people are. Yeah, yeah, but it makes for a very engaging set piece. Mm. So. Yeah, like, that's it. Like, that's the thing with the film. Like, every everything that he does 
is like so proficient and like efficient and exact and that is reflective in like how the movie is made mm. very prestigious yeah but like not to like a ridiculous extent like this is an incredibly well made movie yeah it's like it's one ridiculous. of the best it's like this is like a film that I have not seen like in a very long time where like you really take in the filmmaking techniques that are going on in the movie you know what I mean um, yeah there's not a foot set wrong yeah which is it, it is rare yeah um, and even there's parts that could be better I think but yeah even the parts that are that maybe I wish had gone a, a different place, or maybe it'd like focus on something else, um, it, it still doesn't feel like oh, like I'm missing out here. It's mm-hmm. more like oh, the, the the film is still being made as it is in a very, you know, not competent like a very like a really really well made film. Yeah, it's just you can just watch and be engaged regardless of of what you're thinking about it anyway. Absolutely. Visually speaking, it's very good. But Mark. Is it as well made as our recommended film for this episode? Our recommended film of the week is Hour of the Wolf, or Varg Timmen, directed by... <laughs> Great pronunciation. <laughs> Ingmar Bergman, 1968 film. It's only 90 minutes long. I hope you had a look at it. Um, an artist in crisis is haunted by nightmares from the past in Ingmar Bergman's only horror film which takes place on a windy island. During the hour of the wolf, between midnight and dawn, he tells his wife about his most painful memories. Yeah. Mm. Um, right. Initial thoughts? Hour of the wolf. Haunting. Spooky. Spooky, but not in a scary way. Yeah. I think it was more like an unnerving kind of thing. Uh, yeah, it was... Like, I know that I said this before, that... Uh, um, the killer was a movie that I watched, and I really like took in the filmmaking techniques. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched a film like that in a very long time. That's actually a lie because the night before I watched this film, and uh, I similarly enough, I was like, "Man, like when you're watching a Bergman film, you are watching an in- an Ingram Bergman film. Like mm. it's like you know, you take him." You know, Tarkovsky, Goddard, uh, I feel like there's another one there. Like, these, like, you know, European and also Russian. Um, <laughs> uh, like, ah, they're one of them. You know, like, you know, close enough. Uh, like, these, like, you know, non-American filmmakers, non-Asian, like, you know, this this part of the world, filmmakers, and he's, like, one of the canon of that. Yeah, Titans. Titans. Yeah. Titans in, like, you know, film history. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, people say that, I I think in general, uh, Arrow of the Wolf is considered Bergman's weakest film, Mm. which is just, like, insane. Like, I thought this film was fantastic. And it's like, this is, like, as this is your worst. And it is still, like, eons better than, like, most shit I've seen. Yeah, no, like, it's, it's, uh, it's so well put together. And it's so well made as well. Mm. Like, I, I read, uh... I was reading about it. There was, I don't know. It was, it was, it was, it was some, it was some different point, but someone mentioned how it, it wasn't as well made as other films. And I was like, "What the fuck is other films like that?" <laughs> it's like, it's like this is, this like, is like what? It's like I don't know. Like, like Persona, obviously, yeah. is is like kind of like a companion, or it's like it's very close. Have to you seen Persona? Um, but we watched it together, no? 
I remember watching that movie, but I can't remember a single fucking thing about it. That's the thing, neither can I. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure we watched it around the same time as Seven Seal. I, I think we did. Yeah. I, I, I can't remember that movie. Because I know... Um, I, also st- I can't really remember Seven Seal all that much. I remember Seven Seal. But Seven Seal, I would say this is this is like a better film than Seven Seal. I also thought that. I would definitely say that. Yeah. Um, I, I, maybe because like Seven Seal deals with the concept of debt, which is like, you know, a big... A big thing like the whole movie's about debt, so it gets like that. It gets that prestigious boost of being something about something more more grand. Yeah. Um, but I've I've also seen Autumn S- Sonata. Uh huh. Um. Ah yeah. Jeez, man. <laughs> that that is a rough old watch as well. Uh. That is a movie about like, like fucking like forty minutes of that film is just a a daughter and a mom having an argument. Oh. It's like the best cinema you've ever fucking seen in your life. <laughs> um, yeah, like I see. Th- we should watch Wild Strawberries as well. Yes, yes, yes. This they, like this film made me want to do a series where we don't do a franchise, but we do like directors. Yeah, and just like watch, you know, their their biggest hits. Yeah, we 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 could definitely do that. Yeah, because yeah, like Bergman is a, like a director that like I want to see more of, uh-huh. and having seen this film, like this is your weakest movie. Holy shit! Yeah, like, I find it hard to believe, but also I don't know enough about Bergman to mm. to to negate that. But I don't really see what is could be could be said to be wrong with this film. No, neither. Especially like like maybe from like a modern sensibility, it's like oh, like where's the uh, you know it's kind of slow or it's not really slow either. Like, but. You know, it is an art house film from the sixties. It's in Swedish, so in that sense, it's, it's maybe a bit limited. Yeah, but like that's not really a limitation. It's more just what it is. Uh, but I just don't see anything wrong with this film at all. No, yeah, same. Man, like, uh, like it's wh- all, it's not a horror film really at all either. Until like the end. Yeah, like it's a horror film, but it's a horror film in the, sa- in the same way. Like, like the sh- like even The Shining is more of a horror film than this is. But the Shining isn't just a horror film. Do you know what this film reminded me of? The Lighthouse. Yeah, I was actually I was about to say that. Just like kind of like the um like the Seven Seal obviously is more of like a it's like a it's like a parable. Mm-hmm. But this is like a it's more like a short story that you'd find in like the back of an old book. Yeah. Um and it just freaks you out when you yeah, read it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind it's kinda of like it's similar to like the lighthouse would be the only thing that I could compare it to from like the only thing I could compare it to at all, really. Mm. Um but yeah, because it's just it's like a genre story, but or it's it's like it's a it's a it's an art house film about um like you know artistic subjectivity couched in a genre tale yeah like, or genre conventions yeah you know there's nothing there's nothing really like haunted house about this film at all no no literally like again until like the end where like yeah yeah uh-huh. it becomes like vampires <laughs> I don't know what's happening ghosts <laughs> it's some kind of symbolic yeah. symbology. So, like, uh, I'm not even going to try and remember what the characters' names are in this film, but, like... Alma yeah. and Johan. Oh, fucking... Oh, Jesus, very fair, folks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this movie's about um, a woman and a man. Well, actually, no, the film starts off with Alma um, talking about... Actually, no, I'll lie again. This film actually starts with Bergman having, like, writing on the fucking screen saying that he heard this story from a friend of a friend or something like that, and he went off to the island and talked to Alma. Mm. So the film is portraying itself as a recreation 
of a story that Bergman has heard from one of the people in the story. Uh-huh. But the actor is still the same. And the film even starts off with the director saying, action. Yeah, yeah. You, you hear his instructions. Yeah, and you hear, this, you hear the set being built. And I think he says, lights. And then the film starts. Uh-huh. So the film, like, from the get-go is, like, being like, this is not a depiction of reality. This is a, f- a film. This is a film that is about, you know, making films <laughs> about being an artist <laughs> um and yeah so we go on from that point and it's about like a fucking artist basically being depressed as fuck because he can't he can't sleep he can't sleep and he can't i think he can make art but he just he is just traumatized by his past but also the art that he is making that isn't like quite authentic enough, I think. I can't really remember what he's saying in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he has, uh... yeah, it's something to do with that. So the entire time throughout the film, he has what's her name? Uh, what's the woman that he's oh, obsessed yeah, his with? His muse. Yeah, uh, I can't remember her name. V- it's V V. Well, give me a second. Yeah, go on. I have to fucking find her. Um, uh, 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 Veronica Vogler. Yeah. So the the all the way through the film. Well, not all the way through the film. About, about a third of the way in, you find out so he's living on this island with uh, Johan, the artist. He's living on this island with Alma, who's his wife, and she's pregnant. Uh, but he can't sleep. And he's all fucked up. He's going through some serious shit. Um, Boy and is stressed. And she's trying to be. She's the dutiful artist's wife, trying to be there for him and like battling his demons, hitting the bottle, can't sleep. You know. The, the the nightmare world is kind of intruding on his his reality. They're one organism, you know. They're they're married. Mm-hmm. They're like one being, or theoretically anyway. So she wants she wants to stick by him for the entire time. Third way through, we find out that he's still kind of obsessed with the girl that he used to be with, Veronica Vogler. Um, she was his muse. Yeah, his muse was this like other beautiful woman uh, that he he used to used to be with, uh, who he still is is still obsesses with. Um, I still has a lot of desire for. Um, so how I kind of saw that was like, like Alma is this is kind of like a part of him that is just that is there already. Mm-hmm. She's not the object of desire. Mm-hmm. The object of desire is what he wants to produce. Yes, basically, is is yeah. the, the art that he wants to make. Yeah, even if if he actually had that in his hands, he'd be like, "This is shit as well." Yeah, I want the, Alma. It would be the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It just reverse. The just, grass is always always greener. Yeah, the constant like recession of a uh, of the object of desire is it's always something else that you can't attain. Yeah, like, I don't think your one Vogler is even really. Like she's in the film, but it's not made clear if she's actually really there at all. Yeah, because the lines between dream and reality are blurred very heavily in like the last third. Um, but it doesn't really matter if she's, like that's kind of the point of the film mm-hmm. is that she's more of just like a like a, a mirage of this kind of like sleep deprived, like insane artists artists uh, idea of what he would like to do or what he would like to. Uh, uh, produce or create uh, rather than what he actually has and he can't see what he has because he's constantly tormented by this need to have more mm-hmm. or to produce something else yeah. or to b- recreate himself constantly and actually that that even that makes more sense like towards the end is what you're saying because you have the you have like the the rich and the elite the yeah. ara- 
Stockracy? Yeah, yeah. Is that the word? Yeah, right. Uh, the vampires. The like vampires. Yeah, yeah. yeah, literally, because they turn into vampires basically at the end. Like, he turns into a big bat. That may, and, like, like the artist being sub- subjected to, you know, the critiques and the... the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, like, taking the piss out of them. Ridicule. The ridicule. Thank you. The, like, critique and the ridicule of the elite who are like, oh, yeah, you're a great artist. You make art for us because why would you make art for poor people? That makes no sense. Like, yeah. you, you do it because you want to impress us. Um, And then the the vampire imagery from that stems where they consume him. And, you know, he can never... He basically does, and he just goes off or whatever, like, within the narrative of the film. But the subtext of that being, you know, you get consumed by the elite. Yeah. For making, you know... Consumption. Con- rich art. Yeah, yeah. Pure consumption for consumption's sta- sake. Yeah. Against, like, the primal urges of the artist to create something, with, you know, with meaning. Your, Even if that, yeah. that the kind of urge itself is a mirage. Your art is commodified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And does like the meaning and value of it is just stripped away? Yeah, for something that the rich can prop themselves up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all he's he's completely alienated. Yeah, from what he's trying to create, he doesn't even know really. Which I feel like he's just haunted by this 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 uh, this notion of something that he he might this kind of like potential that he could have had. Yeah, or that he could be, but which he can't. He can't realize properly. Yeah, which I think like I don't know a lot about Bergman, but I definitely can see. That Bergman probably felt like that. Yeah, like just yeah, from yeah. like how Bergman is discussed in terms of like the canons. At least she, as, as I was saying at the start, of, like we're talking about this movie, the canons of history of Bergman being like, you know, elite filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. He's like, like one of the few names that like, if you if you know, even you don't even have to know Art House Cinema, but you know his name. Yeah. You know, it's like Goddard and all that. And like, you know, Bresson, Kurosawa, all that shit. Yeah. So everyone knows these guys if you're like into movies, even if you haven't necessarily watched what what they what they made. Yeah. Um I thought it was interesting as well that like uh the Alma in this film, Liv Ullman. Man is she's well, a beautiful woman, a great I, actress. I took one of my notes before you go on was uh shit. <laughs> Liv Ullman has one of the best faces in all of cinema. Yeah, yeah, she's Holy fuck, she's f- such a great actor. She's so uh yeah, so emotive, like so, uh, like photogenic. Just like it's just really, she really just like her face is like so so well. Distraught is like never been conveyed so well by an actor. Yes, yeah, because so, it's so close. It's like it's close ups. A lot like huge sequences, just close ups of her, mm. and she just carries it so well. But around the time that this film was made, uh, Ingmar Bergman was married uh, with a child. And he met Liv Ullman, and they they basically ran off together. Mm. And um, while this film was being made, and afterwards, um, he just basically abandoned his family to be with Liv Ullman. Understandably, maybe. Who knows? Well, not understandably. Anyway, that's, <laughs> kind of, that's a piece of shit move. <laughs> but this film, it, weirdly enough, this film is dedicated to his wife, who would have, at the time... So I, I kind of, oh, that kind of changed how I. Oh my god! Yeah. So the it kind of changed how I, I looked at the film. Wait, so Liv Ullman in terms like as you're saying now in the film she is she is his actual like his wife in real life. Yeah. 
and Liv Ullman is the woman that he wants to go after in the in terms in of the, the film. Movie. Yeah, in, in the film, she is Veronica Volger. That's like, mad. Like, uh, like, in terms of the analogy. Yeah. Or, uh, like, yeah, I, I just, that kind of changed how like I looked at the film because it basically. From that point of view, it's kind of like Johan. Johan is oh, Johan is Bergman. Johan, yeah, oh, Johan is like the, this, jo- the most blatant like art, artistic <laughs> fucking insert I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, <laughs> he is Bergman, and he's like such a tortured artist, and he just he's he just wants to you know put out good art and stuff. But look at that sexy lady over there. Look at them titties. Yeah, look at them bare titties. But yeah, Throwback. <laughs> good reference to the, the start of the episode, but he. Um, but he expresses it like in a like really artistic way, obviously. Mm. So it's all about how, you know, he wants to be like obviously he loves Alma, you know, Alma like quotation marks, um, and his kid who's a, a, a child who was also in the film, really weird as well. He kills a child in the film. That's a separate child though. That's not his. It's not his child. Yeah, but yeah. Like, there is a child. That fucking scene, man. There is a scene. There's we a. We will. Whoa, we get on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. In in the film, Johan kills a child. Um, it's not his child, but so he kills a child and he wants to, and he abandons his wife. And it's like one of the most awful things I've ever seen in my fucking life. That yeah. scene, Jesus, like, yeah. Take on you, keep on. But uh, by the end of the film, he's sitting there, and like I don't know who this is. It reflects worse on Bergman, Ullman, or Bergman's wife. So he's sitting there at the end of the film, like, oh, what the fuck have I done? Basically, <laughs> it's like I'm completely fucked up, and he gets consumed by vampires. <laughs> And then they all signed off on this film. We're like, this is for you, yeah. uh, Mrs. Bergman. It's like, what the hell is that? Is <laughs> <laughs> that uh, like, that's how do you how do you kind of respond to that? Yeah. But yeah, what, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say like um, like again like in terms of um, like fucking you know, scenes and f- great filmmaking, the like hyper exposure of that scene where yeah. it's like a it's like uh-huh. a memory. And like it's so visually different to the rest of it because everything's like so bright. There's no dialogue except for this the boy screaming in agony as he's getting pelted against the rocks. Yeah. Um. But uh, there's even a bit, the the cut like the editing. There's something like there's something, I think there's thirty or forty shots in that. Like it's maybe it's less than a minute. I think or maybe just over. It's like, a minute. I think it's like two minutes long. Yeah, yeah, and there's like thirty or forty shots, whereas the rest of them is very, very slow. Yeah, very deliberate uh, filmmaking. And it, there's no, there's no establishment beforehand as to what the fuck it is. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he's not like he's like he just plunged into it. He like it's, it's like a fever dream. Because you hear he tells one story about his mom, uh, locking him in the cupboard or something like that, and then he's allowed to to come out. He's like talking about when he's a child, and his dad beats him really really severely and the mom's like oh yes of course i forgive you and, Ber- and like johan was like, well, bourbon <laughs> bourbon was just like uh you know uh that's the first time i ever saw my mother cry and then it just I, i'm fairly certain it just then cuts straight to this mm. and we just see the story that he's telling rather than like him telling us yeah. the story and visually looks very different the music in that scene is so horrible um the the like there's two great bits of tension in the movie for me one is the scene where johan is like um have you ever realized how long a minute is mm. and he makes us just sit there for a minute what and in the background allman is just making these 
awful faces as she's in like this agony as like seeing her husband just losing his fucking mind and we the audience have to sit there and wait a fucking minute for this character to continue on yeah. and you're like what the fuck is he gonna do and then the other, other scene is when Johan is down by the water and the boy is just behind him and you're like is he gonna push him like what the fuck is going on like mm. cause there's no explanation as to what the fuck to, anything like you don't know what's idea. happening yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. cause at this stage the film has gone into absurdity yeah it, but then it, it goes like, you well then you realize the film hasn't even got into the absurdity. Yeah, yet. It hasn't even got it because it's a hor- it's like a yeah, it's a horror. It's called a horror film for a reason. I wouldn't say it's a horror film, but it's it is called. It's that like for a reason. psychological horror film. Psycholo- yeah, of. it's like Li- Lighthouse isn't a horror film either, but you could I could see how people would say that. Yeah, because it doesn't really matter what it's called anyway. But it, it is it's it, the film is terrifying. I think, um, it's very hits a note. It hits a note. It hits a. It's like oh, it's like a proper like, yeah, you kind of feel it in your bones, kind of stuff. It's not like a you're not jumping. Um, at like random scares and stuff. Mm. It's more like a, it's like a slow boil, and then you realize that you're in the tank and you've been boiled alive. Yeah, you're you're in the fucking um, what's that thing called? The iron bull thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Fuck that, and then you make noises like that boy does. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and even like there's like different aspects of like kind of horror in the film because you have the psychological horror that's going on through Johan but then there's even like vague like social tension horror in like the the dinner table scene which then just plays into the whole like aristocracy scenes and stuff like that but um yeah oh man like you watch more Bergman that's all I got away from this film is fuck me Bergman hot take good director yeah (laughs) who knew oh oh, yeah a little uh a rough diamond here (laughs) A uh, a a little known classic, uh, but yeah, this this was in, I I love this film. I thought this was great. Same, I same. Thought this, this film was great. Yeah, we we thought this for 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 hours though. Like all the uh, I didn't really touch on all the 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 characters, like the demons that he he has inside his head, which basically become real. Yeah, like that's just, that's yeah. The fucking man, the bit where. He's in the gaff and he's walking around and he's talking about like, oh yeah, I keep seeing like he's, early on in the film he talks about a woman that like takes off her hat and her face and like what a bizarre image. I wonder what that could look like. And the film later on shows you what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's probably like, oh my god, <laughs> holy shit! And like the fucking dude standing upside down, crying, being like so jealous that John has gone off to like bone this fucking beautiful woman. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the meaning of, like, he's done up in kind of, like, drag before he... Yeah, the performers. He, he, yeah, he's like a he's like a clown or, like, he's, like, I don't know. He's he's done up in makeup anyway before he, he uh, he's introduced to the chamber with uh, Veronica or, like, his this mirage of Veronica as well. Mm. I don't know what... I didn't look into what that means, but that definitely means a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. Whatever the hell that means, it means something. Definitely something. It was yeah. hot. It was. It was. You know. It's. It's visceral imagery. Regardless, it's. It's kind of disturbing to see. Disturbing scenes. Yeah. Mature themes. Mature themes. Mature movie. Who knew? Cinema peaked in the sixties. <laughs> I don't believe that. Actually, it was, peaked in the seventies. Actually, factually, it was the seventies. Yeah, actually, <laughs> fifty fucking years ago. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Right, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it there for this week. Right, my recommended film will be Akira Kurosawa's Ran. 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 Let's go. His adaptation of King Lear. Ah, okay. Because, man, we need to stop talking about these. We need to get into this prestige film genres. I know that we talked about Tokyo Story and we've talked about Stalker and we've talked about like greatest films of all time. It's time to get back into it, Mark. Let's no more the Shining miniseries <laughs> and fucking dog shit films we talked about at the start L- of the year. L- Lemura or Lemura or whatever. The fuck yeah, we need to get into the fucking. Let's talk about the actual best films ever made. Let's or do like, it. And, and judge them if so. <laughs> or or de- debunk them as Or the debunk. This film, Godfather, is actually uh, overrated. That's actually Mokta is. We actually have never talked about The Godfather. We have. No, but you know, I mean, like, actually, like, you know, as a one of us has watched it recently. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, we haven't, yeah. Couldn't be arsed. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit long. A bit long. Anyway. anyway, we'll leave it at that. Bye.